Up next, here's what we're talking about today on Visual Wow. You could be the most talented photographer in the world, Jack. You could be, well, you could win all the awards, but if you can actually create genuine connection with someone, I'm out. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Visual Wow. The podcast for people passionate about live events. We're obsessed with creating and capturing those wow moments. This is the place the top pros come to share their secrets. Now, here's your host, Jack Hartsman. Well, welcome back, Visual Community. I'm Jack Hartsman, your host, and this is very exciting for me because I've got another podcast host online with us. It's Ben Hartley from Six Figure Photographer Podcast. Um, ben, welcome to the show. This is fun. Hey, Jack. Thanks for having me, man. This has been fun kind of catching up with you on the pre-roll here before everyone got a, got a chance to tune in and listen. You know, a lot of my friends ask me, well, like, do you like do tons of research with people and do you like get to know them all? And I'm like, well, to a certain degree, you only have people on your show that you have some interest in. Yeah. Um, but I agree with you. The, the teaser, the pre-roll stuff is really fun to get to know somebody, especially when you're in the same space. It's not like you're interviewing a, a bride or groom for their wedding or being interviewed, shall I say, yeah. for a bride and groom. But, but here were two guys in the photography podcast space. And honestly, your podcast was a big inspiration to my wife and I when we got involved with podcasting. Uh, we've been listening to your stuff for uh, more than a year and uh, you got a great format and kudos to you. And, uh, and you're, you're only about what, what 250, 300 episodes ahead of me. No, I don't even think so, man. So, so maybe live videos. So the podcast, six figure photography, probably I, don't, I have to go with look one eighty, maybe something like that. So no, I'm I'm you know relatively, I'm just pump, pumping them out once a week, and and um, but but the thing that I probably got a lot on you is I do daily live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your, your mastermind. Yeah, you got a great mastermind. mastermind. Yeah, your great mastermind Facebook, and uh, and I just dig your whole new series you're doing on uh, on Instagram with your uh, not not quite uh, really good advice for photographers. <laughs> it's, like, it's wonderfully uh, good, terrible advice. I don't know what. How you, yeah, it's just really good bad advice. It's exactly what it would be. Yeah, uh, just speaking to uh, to uh, photographers that, that may be a little bit older than you, you got to be careful about that because um, <laughs> w- one of the things I joke with my kids about, and, and my son is twenty eight, almost twenty nine years old, and and uh, and he's been a photographer for pushing uh, I don't know almost almost half his life basically, almost since he's fifteen with his own customers and and stuff like that. But a lot of the things that you talk about, the wink, wink, and the handshake that you talk mm-hmm. about as questionable, you know. I was raised in that world. Yeah. Um, I was raised in a, in a world where we didn't have contracts when a bride walked in the door. Oh yeah. And, and it was not a commonality, but I was raised by, by a set of parents that believed in the word and believed in a handshake. And, and if somebody came to your studio and liked your work and, and promised you that what it was, and they left you a couple hundred dollars for a deposit, well, then you showed up and you did the job accordingly. Mm-hmm. So, um, so tell me about yourself as a photographer. How did you, how did you parlay from photography into the podcast world? Oh, mercy. Well, um, I gotta go back, man. So, uh, which I know you're, like you're, 90, you're, you're like in your nineties now, aren't you? Stop it. I know. Even as I said, I have to go back. I was thinking how much you are probably thinking, no, you don't. <laughs> so I've been, I've been, I've been full-time photographer for 10 years. So it's relatively go back. Um, but, uh, man, it was probably three years in, you know, I, I probably, 
became a big fish in a small pond in my area of Ohio relatively quickly. And, and so people kept messaging me, reaching out, asking me questions. Hey, will you spend a day with me? Will you help me with this? I need to understand lighting. You know, I, I've always been a, I've always put a huge focus on off-camera lighting and, and just even if I'm not going to use it, just knowing when to use it, knowing how to use it. And so, um, so I had a number of local photographers that were connecting with me. And, um, at some point I just decided, uh, like this is, I knew it was good. I knew it was good information. And, and I think it could be more valuable to get more people hearing it. And so, you know, I probably did what you did. I, I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to, I'm just going to start a podcast. I don't know. Like I tend to, here's my problem, Jack. I tend to, and this is a, this is a blessing and a curse. One of my number one rules in life is don't add time to your decisions. Right. So everyone else just tends to add time to things and they, and they sit and they, they hum and they hollow, uh, you know, over, over choices. And I just do. <laughs> so, so I just. Well, it's interesting that you say it that way because one of the things that I always have a, an argument with my wife about is that I get an idea and I make a decision, I get on to the next thing. She's like, can we talk about that for a second? And I'm like, we've been married for so long, we've been working together for so long. What's the decision making? We know where the end's going to be. If we make a mistake, we'll just fix it. I mean, yeah, life yeah. is short. And boy, if we don't know that in today's world that we're living in, uh, it's never been more apparent to me. Uh, that's what life is all about right now. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah, absolutely. This time is really, uh, you know, it's just made me so aware of what's important, how how precious, you know, time is, life is, uh, the people who are closest to me are. Um, yeah, man, absolutely. So you, uh, okay. So full disclosure, uh, you're about what? 22? No, <laughs> Stop it. I'm 30. I'll be 34 here in like a month. 34. Okay. So uh, I got you by 20 years yeah. and, um, a little more than 20 years. We don't have to like round it off. <laughs> Let's get uh, specific. We're in the same century. So, uh, we were both born in the 1900s, right? Yeah. Sounds good to me. That's good. That's good. And my kids keep reminding me that they were born in the same century as me too. But anyway, uh, look, I'm 56 years old. I love what I've been doing uh, for my whole life, my whole career. I've been very, very blessed. So I shot my first wedding when I was 16 years old. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure I charged about $300 for it. And I'm pretty sure it cost me about $600 to produce. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure. Mom, thank you. Uh, my mom's 85 years old. Uh, Sharper's attack and still reminds me of the fact that she funded my life for most of my first decade of my life. But um, thanks, mom. Thanks, dad. Appreciate it. Love you guys. Um, they also love the fact that I give them shout outs on my show. And <laughs> do they listen all the time? <laughs> yeah, they, they do. In the beginning, my dad would say, honey, I don't understand a podcast. Now, my dad is a PhD engineer. Uh, the man protected our nuclear uh, power plant arsenals for decades and, uh, and, and introduced me to my first computer, probably, uh, I don't know, in 1981 or 1982, a, a knockoff. There used to be a clone to the Mac. It was called a, um, a Franklin. Franklin was the, uh, like, you know, PCs have tons of, of knockoffs back. But back in the day, there was this company called Franklin, and they made a clone of a Mac. And, uh, and I didn't know from Mac from PC, but when I was about 10th or 11th grade in the 80s, my dad showed up with this computer in his office and my dad was running scientific programs on these desktop PCs. And he would do an, like, I would just be happy if I said nine times nine, it came up with 81. That was like really exciting oh, for me. Yeah. It was a big calculator. Uh, but my dad would, um, 
my dad would like do a mathematical formula in it and he would come back the next day and it was just be finishing the mathematics. So, yeah. So, but when it came to podcasts, he's like, honey, I don't get podcasts. I'm like, well, you like talk radio. He goes, yeah. yeah. I said, you like news programs where you like the interviewer. He said, yeah. I said, well, this is where you get to pick the interviewer you want and you get to pick the episode you want to listen to based on who they're interviewing. Yeah. Said, I don't get it. But anyway, <laughs> So I had to put an icon on his desktop and now he listens to my podcast. Thanks mom. Thanks dad. Back to Ben Hartley, six figure photographer. Uh, Ben, when you talk to people and you want to tell them what you're doing, um, do you point them to your website? Do you point them to your Instagram? I like to give people that information in the beginning of the episode. I like that. When they, when they, uh, when they still like you. Yeah. Well, we're on a podcast. So I think it's probably noteworthy to acknowledge podcast listeners are going to want to listen to other podcasts. And so Six Figure Photography, it's, it's got a Y at the end there. Six Figure Photography is the podcast. Um, and that's, yeah, I mean, that's a great place just to get a chance to tune in, uh, hear what I'm up to. Well, uh, I've been there many times. Like I said, it was a, it was a big motivation to figure out what my message would be in photography. Um as most of the Visual Wild listeners uh, know, I'm all about doing photography stuff on Fridays, but my wife and I are immersed in the special events community, which is extremely on its heels right now, thanks to our, our current yeah. life situation. Uh, but we do event-related stuff on Tuesdays. And to those tuning in for, for both Ben or for myself, uh, you can always find out more at visualwild.com slash welcome. Uh, love to join you, uh, have you join the family and be a part of our community. And, uh, and also check out Ben's site and his, uh, he has an incredible mastermind, uh, group on, uh, on Facebook as well. So a uh, big shout out for that. And, and Ben, like I say to any other podcaster, we're always crazy with the things that we're doing. I really do appreciate the time today. Yeah, of course, man. Thank you for having me. So you're married. You've got uh, a plethora of children, or at least one more than I do. You got three kids. I got three. It was How the exponential growth that that caught us off guard. We have a five year old daughter, and then um, and we have two boys. They happen to be twins, and oh. uh, yeah, they're three years old. So that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, one of my colleagues used to have, or one of my colleagues had triplets. Okay, and yeah. When our kids were young, we could never come to the office and complain about our kids because he did everything in trio. Yeah. And you've yeah. got twins now. So you're, you're two thirds to understanding what I'm talking about, but kudos to you and your wife. And, and, and how did you, how are you finding, especially now COVID? So we're not shooting as much anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are you finding the balance with family and, and your podcast? Yeah, man. Well, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll say like when, when you say my podcast, I'm going to kind of group that into the category of just like my photography education because okay, sure. it's, it's the podcast, but then it's, you know, it's the six figure photography mastermind group on Facebook. It's a free community and I'm super active in there. I'm in there every day making video content, you know, just like this. Um, it's workshops and, and one-on-one coaching. Um, and so the balance of it, it there's definitely been a, there's been a shift uh, as events are for me, thankfully, not a lot of cancellations, just a lot of postponements, a lot of sliding back dates. And so for the photography space, you know, um, uh, it's been a forced sabbatical <laughs> of sorts, you know, with no, an understanding. That is, that is a great statement, a forced sabbatical. Yeah, it's that been a forced so sabbatical. Bonus. But but with the caveat that that next year is going to be every every day is going to be overtime next year. So so listen, you take your you take your time right now, and then we're going to double down next year. So that's what you know. That's what it's kind of looking like. Um, but uh, it's honestly, man, Jack, it's been really good for 
just for the family. It's been hard, but it's been good. It's been like a crucible, you know, like it just, the, we're, with you, with everything going on in the world and then with being home more often, it's just kind of really, it's put the whole family under, under intense heat. And it's been interesting to see what has come from that. And um, it hasn't been easy, but man, I'm, I'm really grateful for where I'm at right now. I've noticed with a lot of my peers uh, and and slightly type A personalities like you and I both have that we've never had this much time to realize how beautiful our families are and they're sitting right in front of us every day. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of people know that I'm used to working 50, 60, 70 hours a week. And and yet I play guitar in an 80s band. And, and if you need me to do something, I'll always find an extra couple hours to do the things that are important. But when COVID hit, I, I went into some serious tailspin depression for a couple of months. Oh yeah, I, I, I did not function well without anything to do. Yeah, and and that's actually where Visual came from. Uh, um, March and April were really tough on me. Um, staring at, uh, at 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 every Saturday on my calendar with cancel, 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 postpone, postpone, postpone. It was really tough. It was really tough. Mm-hmm. And uh, and around the beginning of May. Uh, my wife, Monica and I, we say, Hey, you know what? No time like the present. Let's get back to the podcast idea. And, and, uh, and, and visual, I was born a couple of months later. Yeah. So, um, I also mentioned that, um, a lot of the type A's that we both know have really found incredible quality time with their kids. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one of my buddies is a, uh, is a sportscaster for NBC news, uh, Chad Ricardo, and he had a baby, um, right at the end of, uh, right at the beginning of February, end of January, beginning of February. Okay. Yeah. We actually, we actually working a job together and we ran right from the job together to the hospital where his wife had. Oh my goodness. Baby. Yeah. And so he's had all this time where there's been no sports. There's been no sports casting. Uh, he's also an MC in the event, in the event community, but he's had incredible daddy baby time, mm-hmm. raise mm-hmm. an infant um, and, and it's time you'll, you'll, you'll always treasure and, and, and it would never have happened without the, the, you know, <laughs> the silver lining of a global pandemic. Sure. So what are you doing photography wise? Are you still shooting? Uh, what, what is yeah. your passion in photography? Man, my passion in photography is people. And because my passion is people, I want to do a damn good job for the people that I serve. And so that's actually why I focus on being excellent at my craft. To be quite honest, and this is a little bit, I don't know if it's controversial, but it's like, I really don't consider myself, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give myself the title like I am a photographer. You know, some people, they really identify with that. That is their being and all good. I'm not trying to make anybody bad about that, but I don't necessarily resonate with that. Even when I started my, my initial training in, into the art space is an oil painting. So like, as long as I'm making, you know, shit look good, I'm really happy. And if that happens to be in the medium of, of photography and light, then then awesome, you know? Um, so right now I am still photographing, you know, I'm still shooting weddings, um, full time. It's, it's still the, the main source of revenue here, even though I'm doing everything else with the podcast and education. Um, we're still running a studio, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and I love it. I love having the, the, the different revenue streams that come from that. Tell me why you don't have your name on the door of your studio. Well, uh, I used to, Oh yeah. So there was a Ben Hartley photography. At one, at one point, not only was it Ben Hartley photography, Jag, at one point it was 
Jay, my name's actually Jay. It was Jay Benjamin Hartley Fatari. It was the full fucking name. It wow, was and like, you, oh, and you only, and you only delivered 40 by 60 canvas prints and they were all <laughs> hand lacquered by yourself. Yeah. I'd sign them. So that's where, it, that's where it started off. Um, I would say like year zero when it was, it was really just kind of like me dabbling. And then my wife and uh, I, um, this was in 2010 decided, Hey, we're going to, we're going to jump all in on this. And so we were Ben and less photography. My wife is less kind of just rolled off the tongue really nicely, Ben and less. And so very quickly that ramped up, um, you know, we shot which, 40 which weddings clearly per, clearly points out also that less is more. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yes. And so, you know, we ramped up very first year, you know, we did 40 weddings as, uh, together, um, and quickly couldn't, couldn't take on like the amount of inquiries we were getting was insane. You know, like at, at one year, I think it was year two, we, we got close to a thousand inquiries and we we're like, okay, hold on. You know, we, we were still so early on in the process that like, we were just kind of scrambling to try to figure out how to handle all this. And, and, and it was very apparent that, um, we needed to bring on, uh, more photographers on our team and, and start to scale this. And it, so that was pretty quick. And so we did, we brought another photographer and, and, I, and it was of no surprise that it is very difficult to book any other photographer who is neither Ben nor less. <laughs> and I also, to my credit, I fucking did it though. I did it for a whole year. I booked out another, another photography team under Ben and less as a brand. And it just was unnecessarily challenging. And I knew that I wanted to scale even more, you know, and I'll say this, Jack, I lucked out the first um, photographer who's been with me ever since he's like my right hand man. And he helps me run the street right now. His name's also Ben and get this, his wife, his name's Lace. <laughs> so I really like, I mean, I rolled the dice and I, I rolled, you know, I pretty, I got it. I like, you know, uh, I really got lucky on that one. But once we started bringing on other photographers that weren't anywhere near Ben, Lace, Les, any of that, um, we switched over to style and story. Well, I think the name is great. Uh, I totally understand the, the story that you just told because it is true. People like to buy from the name on the door. <laughs> Not that Granny Smith has been selling her own apples for very many years, but we still buy Granny Smith apples. But I'll just share with you that uh, kind of to your Instagram thing you're doing right now about relatively bad advice for good photographers or not so good photography advice. <laughs> it's really anyway, good, bad advice. <laughs> yeah, uh, really good, bad advice. So back in the 90s, in the early 2000s here in the Baltimore, Washington area, we had a couple of photographers and videographers that the way they solved the Ben and Les problem. Yeah. We just came, we just, uh, not me, it was a couple of my colleagues. They uh, kept coming up with sexy rock and roll names for new studios. And then that studio would just pop up like the new photographer would show up and whatever his name was, it would become like we had David Taylor photographer for a while. There was never a person named David Taylor. It was just a, a sexy artistic <laughs> name and, and David Taylor photography would just popped up and, and it had a whole plethora of photographers underneath it. And yeah, we, we would come up with these like sister companies. They were just our company with a different name. So people would feel like, you know, they were having the owners of the company. It yeah. didn't last for long, but it, it lasted for a while. And that was 20 years ago. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's a cool idea. Uh, it's certainly you know if anybody knows you and knows your 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 work and knows the way you educate, you clearly care about the final product. And uh, I actually spoke to uh, uh, Nathan about that from um, Boca Podcast last yeah. month. We, we, you know, the one thing we all seem to have in common is that people who are photographers who are also educators care 
I think uh, in a different way about the finished product. That's why they educate is because they, they realize the, the finished product is not just there, if you will, eight by 10, mm-hmm. but it's, it's the way that we all produce our work and that a black eye for any photographer is a black eye for all photographers, mm-hmm. uh, especially when it's in your own community. If a photographer does wrong by a customer, well, that wronged customer comes to your studio next and it already walks into your studio defensive. Sure. So I, I, f- I found over the years that photographers that educate really care about the finished product in a different way. And if you didn't have to knock down that, that sometimes defensive wall that a customer might have, they would understand that whatever photographer Ben Hartley is going to represent with his name on it is going to be somebody that he cares about, that he's concerned about, that he's trained or trusts in the mm-hmm. training and have worked together and, and carries on the message that, that his studio represents. Wouldn't you agree yeah. on that? Oh, totally. hundred percent. Yes, absolutely agree. So, so what, what do you see happening? I, I find, I find that the podcast space is an incredible uh, new medium in the last five or 10 years or the last three to five years, even for, for mentoring and for education and, and things along that line. Do you, you feel like there's any barriers in what you're doing to, to reach out to customers the way you were hoping to be able to get to them? Now, when you say this, um, I want to make sure that I understand clearly. So, you know, my, my podcast is interviewing other uh, entrepreneurs, other photographers, other industry experts, or even outsider industry, right? They're just like, man, this guy, he built uh, some other amazing company. And this is what we can learn from him uh, in a completely different space. Um, is your question then, is, has it been challenging to connect with guests to bring on to the show? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like when you do your mastermind and you're talking to people that are focused just on photography, how they're either coming from your other uh, your other interviews from the podcast, like that are people who are out of the photographic space, for example, and then when you bring them into your mastermind class, um, the the plethora of different levels of photography that come to your mastermind. How do you focus them? How do you reach in to be able to to really grab them and, and help them with their real real core needs? Yeah. So I, I, I apologize, Jack. I'm going to keep making sure that I understand the next no, question. It's okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so okay. now I feel like, so now you're, you're curious about how I make sure that I'm, I'm making, I'm understanding the, the photographer's needs yeah, and you, interviewing people in the right way to make sure it's, it's kind of like got breadth to it. Is that, yeah. How do you, do you, do you connect them or you just take it as it comes when they get to your mastermind? Yeah. Um, I, uh, in general, I, I tend to treat my mastermind group. It's like, um, it's kind of like, this is going to sound incredibly patronizing, the analogy I'm about to give. And so please give me grace with this. It's great, not the intent. Grace given in advance. Okay, good. So when I talk to my three-year-old, <laughs> I talk to him in a way that is, that he can understand, but is like maybe just enough ahead of him that I'm pulling him along. Right. Uh, and I'm kind of inviting them into a future worth having more or less, or like inviting them into a new way of communicating, a new way of being, right. This is just maturing. And so I tend to, um, treat the mastermind group in, the, in a similar way. This is why I said it's, it sounds patronizing. It's not the intent where I don't really treat it as like a, a, a foundations community. Right. And I, and there are photographers who just got started and they're jumping in that group and they're in month one, year one, you know, whatever it is, maybe they're not even full-time, all good things. I, I'm going to treat them as though like we're, we're moving in a direction. And so I tried to interview my guests in maybe a, a, a similar way, thinking about it like that. Does that help? No, it's spot on. Matter of fact, you you actually almost coined a phrase verbatim 
from my podcast mentor, Doug Sandler from turnkeypodcast.com. He always says that when he goes into an interview, he, uh, he goes into it with, with the excitement of a five-year-old yeah. that everything, everything is new yeah. and what, everything's as good as your first ice cream cone. Yeah. So whatever people are talking about uh, is the most important thing that moment. And you have to approach it from, well, they're telling you it must be really exciting for them. So as far as photography, like when I'm mentoring photographers, it's really a challenge when you've been doing this from teen years and you do get that, that rookie out of the gate, who's been glued to YouTube for a year and has been taught you know, you know, two thirds wrong and one third, right. And, and you got to yeah. break it down and, and all that kind of different stuff. And, and it, it's, it's super challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, you ever, um, when you, uh, when you interview photographers face to face for like working in your studio, um, do you have a process you go to? How do you qualify photographers that come into, so let's go back to brick and mortar. So we, yeah. we talked about your mastermind. That's parlay um, from our listening audience. We're moving from the left side of our screen to the right side of our screen. Um, how do you, uh, how do you qualify people to come into your studio? Yeah. Well, I, I really firmly believe that our, uh, that photography is the easiest part. Okay. And now that's relatively controversial because I know it's hard and it's challenging and there's so much information and yet it's still the easiest damn part (laughs) of what we do. Uh, And so I'm certainly looking for, I'm looking for taste. Taste is a lot harder to teach. I think it certainly can be taught, but it's a lot trickier to teach someone taste, like good taste. Um, and so if I can tell that someone has taste, they've got like the, they've got like this core aesthetic that, that I can kind of pick up on, but maybe they're missing some of the technical components to that. Oh, good. I can teach the technical side. I can teach you, you know, how to manually dial in your flash. I can teach you F stops. I can teach you inverse square law. All that, all that's fine. That's gonna be the easiest part. So I'm looking for a taste. And then I'm also looking for someone who's just really not just not an asshole, but like genuinely wants, it's like the soft skills. It's like they want the best for people, but they also um, have the ability to like sit face to face with another human being, look them in the eye and carry a conversation like so much, especially because I'm also asking them to do like in-person sales. You know, we're a big print studio here. We, we print our own products. Every couple's getting albums and wall art and, and the photographer is going to be a part of that sales process. Um, and it comes back down to the belief that I have that our leads, they, they have a really hard time telling the difference between a good and a great photograph, right? But they certainly can tell the difference between a good and then a fucking amazing experience, right? And so we... I want to stop you for I want to stop you for a second. That's a really interesting backwards statement from something I say all the time. Let's see if we're saying it the same way, but we're putting the accent on a different word. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I always tell people the average Joe can tell the difference between good and bad, but have a really hard time telling the difference between good and excellent. Yes, agreed. Are we saying yeah. the same thing? We are saying the exact same thing. Okay. Yes. I want to make and, sure. I like yes. the way you said it better, by the way. I'm just no, kidding. I don't. Yeah, it's great. And here's the thing in 2020. Mo, not, not 90% of photographers who just try a fucking little bit are good. Meaning, meaning this, and this is, I get it. It's controversial. Meaning that like, dude, it's like, everything is awesome. The, all the, all the, you pick up any camera and it's gonna like, like do half the work for us anymore. The editing is awesome. The education is awesome. You can hop on YouTube and figure out how to do stuff. And so if anyone, again, if they're just like really trying, they can create work that at least will, 
maybe they actually aren't that good from a whole body, but from what they can put up online and put up on Instagram, it looks as though they're good. And again, people can't tell the difference between good and great. And so we've got to figure out other ways to separate ourselves. We got to differentiate in other ways. And so um, going back to my point, I'm really, I really do value the just like the old school kind of like relational component of a photographer. Like, man, when you show up there on the day, you've got to like connect, like connection is everything with wedding photography. And so if, if I'm talking to a person that I'm feeling like I can't connect with you and you don't seem to be able to connect with other people, like I, I've got to kind of like pause, take a step back. You could be the most talented photographer in the world, Jack. You could be, well, you could have won all the awards, but if you can actually create genuine connection with someone, I'm out. Uh, to the visual listening audience, Thank this man and know for sure I did not pay him extra to say what he just said. <laughs> okay, good. He just repeated what I've been saying for years. If you come to a studio or if you go to your client with the right attitude, the right personality, the, the, the caring ability, the heart, not to be confused with Ben Hartley, but uh, the heart to do the job properly, you've already won the game. We're counting on you to be able to click the camera and capture the image in some professional manner. Mm -hmm. But if you have the right, if you have the right love, passion for what you're doing, the rest of it is really going to be downhill. It's, it's the comparable of the 80, 20 law mm -hmm. where 80% psychology and we're 20% photography. Yep. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I have an interesting thing that, um, when I, when I, I have eight full-time photographers in our, in our studio, nice. it's, it's, it's a lot of personalities. It's a lot of personalities. And, um, every single person on our team comes from a, an unbelievably different background, un unbelievably different backgrounds. And the one thing they all have in common is when they came to my front door, I always talk to them. I never look at their portfolios. Mm -hmm. Now I may have done a little bit of personal digging behind the scenes and took a peek at their website or their Instagram or whatever, but they'll bring their book and they'll shove their book in front of me at the conference room table. And I'll, I close their book. I said, I'm really not interested in looking at your portfolio. And they're like, why? And I say, because if your portfolio sucks, this is not a good way for you and I to start. I asked you to come to our company because I believe in your passion. I've heard great things about your personality. I like the way you present your work. I don't want to look at what you call the best work because if I don't agree, then we're getting off behind the eight ball. Mm -hmm. I would rather take you at face value, shoot a couple of jobs side by side, and let's look at work that we did together that's fresh and new. And then let's go back and look at your portfolio in a couple, three weeks. And that floors most photographers who probably spent, you know, six or eight hours the night before tweaking their portfolio, making it better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they feel, yeah. They feel really devastated by it. But, but if you stop and think about it, even when we were in school uh, and your teacher was critiquing you on how you mounted a picture and did you use a tacking iron and how did the mount board look? And I mean, regular from a college course, at the end of the day, you might be a great photographer. You might be really sucky at mounting things. And mm -hmm. I don't want to judge somebody on that. I don't want to judge somebody on a picture they think is great, but it's got a little bit of motion in it. And I would never sell it. I would never show it to a customer, but they think it's great. I don't want to get into a debate with somebody over why I like it or why I don't. They're coming to me for employment, not the other direction. Mm -hmm. So when, when I'm sitting in their chair, I'll, I'll listen to whatever the boss says. But meanwhile, let's talk about exactly what you just said. You're going to be part of our process it, it's got to be about what's in your heart and what's in your passion. 
Um, not to say that there's any analogy between Ben Hartley and Jack Hartsman. There seems to be a lot of heart. <laughs> just getting right off the, right off the bat there. But um, no, I, I'm, I'm really happy to hear the things that you said. And, and I really do. I subscribe to all of that. I, I think that, I think that the human element of photography is something that I think gets really lost in today's typical internet trained photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really a shame. It's really yeah. a shame uh, that the human element is falling away. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I mean, it's um, at a certain point, and I, I don't know, maybe you just have to have actually lived this. You have to kind of experience it because, you know, early on in your career, you're, you're acquiring all the gear, you're trying to win all the awards and, and get all the accolades. And then at a certain point, you kind of realize that the next step, once you become competent at your craft, once you become excellent at your craft, um, when I say craft, like from purely from a technical standpoint, uh, when it's complete second nature, there comes a point that getting a little bit better at, at that craft, it's not going to actually improve the work. You almost have to stop trying to get the best possible photograph in order to actually open up new possibilities to get the best possible photograph. You know, like I have to actually like put it all down and just really try to connect with the person in front of me, because if I can actually create connection there, that's, what's going to um, actually involve humanity. It's going to evoke humanity in the picture. There's going to be, they're going to be a feel comfortable, like, like being who it is that they are. And especially when we're talking about wedding photography, like there's nothing that I could do or pose or direct you to, to be in that is more interesting than who, like to you, than who you are. You know what I mean? I, I you know, I've learned a lot of this from, I don't know if you know, Lanny and Erica Mann, uh, two man studio, um, have been really impactful because you look at their work and it's mind blowing and they've, they've really mastered the craft component. But the thing that I love about Lanny and Erica Mann from two man is how they've transcended that. And they've really pushed equally, you know, equal parts into that humanity conversation. And, and it shows in the work. Um, I, 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 you, I thought you were going to come up with yet another one of the words that I always say is paralysis by analysis. Mm -hmm. You have to get out there and fail to be able to get back up and know that you failed. Mm -hmm. If you don't go out and make a few mistakes, then you're never, it's sort of like with, with goals. If you don't write down your goals and check them off your list, you never know that you achieve them. Mm -hmm. And I think in photography, if you don't go out there and, and take one on the chin once in a while, then you don't know how that you fix that problem. Oh, I, you know, I, I worked on, on, you know, uh, OCF and I overexposed the flash and then I get their face a little bit bright. So the next time you go out there, you dial the flash back a little bit and you learn a little bit about that. Well, that's how you become a seasoned pro. You, you, mm-hmm. it doesn't have, you can't take like a little pill and say, Hey, I have 20 years of experience now. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. So, um, so, so yeah, so I, I, I agree with you. You have to get out there and get the job done. Um, and, and you have to take chances. Um, you know, Nathan had a guest on his show a couple of weeks back who, uh, I think the title of the episode, um, was something like, uh, film made my job easier, hmm. which just boggled my mind because unlike you and Nathan, I, I grew up in the film world and yeah. I, I didn't have the ability to look on the back of a camera and check my exposure. You either spoke the language of shutter speed or F-stop or, or you didn't. Sure. And, um, and she talks about this, um, uh, this part of uh, of her of her of her interview with Nathan that was about being challenged by by digital and just couldn't quite get into the groove with it, and then uh, our parent threw a camera at them or something like that, and and so she picked up a twin lens reflex camera and started shooting medium format, and and now she's found that she's learned a new discipline for photography using film mm-hmm. of the craft, 
And, yeah. and craft, I think is exactly the right word. You, you were apologizing a minute ago for using it. And I compliment you for using that word. Photography is a craft. Mm-hmm. It's like woodworking and pottery. And it, it is a, is a learned skill that is a craft. And you, as an artist, you have to grow with it. You have mm-hmm. to learn how to refine the edges. You have to learn how to push the, the envelope of the technology that you're using to create the art, which is at the end of the day, what we're doing, we're creating art for our customers. I love just listening to you say that, that, you know, your studio people are going to help in the sales process. You're going to sell lots of prints. You're going to do wall art, wall art. That statement is a loss is a lost phrase in, in so many young photographers. They just don't understand the value uh, not not just from the artistic standpoint, but from the monetary standpoint and the proper way to deliver images is not just in a JPEG. It's mm-hmm. not just in a four by six print. Um, I, I'm looking at the size of the pictures behind you on your wall there and it, yeah. it warms my heart. Um, it's a 40 by 60 framed canvas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember what I said to you earlier when you were talking about, I'm like 40 by 60 canvas. That's the world that, yeah. that I was raised in. Uh, the late, great Monty Zucker beat us over the head with it. Um, my mentor and, and good friend. And, and it was all about using the terms that help people understand the value of the money that we charge, the investment mm-hmm. that they make in our services. So if we call them, you know, pictures on the wall sounds a little bit different than a, a handcrafted 40 by 60 canvas, you know, framed and signed by the artist that created the work. Yeah. Or furnishings, you know, it's like you'll spend, you'll spend five grand on a couch. It's furniture in the home. It's a lifetime purchase. And, and, you know, in some ways maybe a decade purchase, but so it's like, it's, it's furnishing, you know, it's like, it's, it's more than just like decor. It's like something to put up on the wall. No, this is like, it's got substance. That's actually why I frame everything. Even our canvases. I don't want anything leaving unless it's framed because if we're producing it, it's furnishing for the home. That's why you say that because I, I, I I don't do as much of that anymore um, myself, unfortunately. And COVID is one of those things that is, Help me really, my wife and I really get back to refocusing that because um, I never used to let anything out of my out of my studio frame. But we live in this world now where everybody wants to do everything themselves. And I would remind people that you know those pictures that your parents put of of, of you growing up down the staircase walls that stood there forever. Oh yeah. Well, you're right. When you when you buy a wall portrait, when you make the investment from your family portrait or your wedding, whatever it might be, to be a wall portrait in your living room, it is an investment. It's a life investment. It, it's right up there with buying the couch that it's sitting on top of. Mm-hmm. So that's a great analogy, and, and kudos to you. And you know, I'll kind of round this uh, this interview out with you, Ben, and and say that you you brought. A, a, a true smile on my wife and I's face about a year ago when we tripped over your podcast. Yeah. Um, you, you have the soul of someone with years beyond your actual years. Mm-hmm. I love to listen to you talk about the things we just spoke of wall art and, and things of that nature. You've really, whoever mentored you, whoever, gave you your start, wherever you've taken it to. I just want to really tip my hat to you that you have carried on your craft the way it should be. And I don't hear many young photographers, and I apologize for the word young. It's all good. All respect. That are are in their their 30s, in their 40s, that are still doing things um, outside of the world of YouTube and everything doesn't have to be a a moving digital frame on their wall. And and you're 
you're really preserving the craft of photography that has been so good to me and my family and so many people that I love and care about that are professional photographers by trade. Yeah. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I mean, I, I've learned from people just like you and I'm, I'm excited now to actually, well, to continue to learn from you. <laughs> you know, it's just like, it's, that's exactly, it. it's like, I, I stand on the shoulders of giants, really. It's like been, it's, it's going and seeking out mentors and taking in everything that, that you guys have done, that you've built um, and uh, seeing how I can apply it, you know, and if there's any, maybe there's any something I need to kind of do to put it in my own language or to, to put it in a, in a language that maybe the next, you know, 28 year old kid getting married is going to be able to, to take it in, you know what I mean? And um, so I, yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate you doing what you're doing. It's, it's, you're like the guiding light. Uh, you know what, if you can't give back, uh, if you can't pay it forward, uh, I think we're all in the wrong, we're all in the boat. And I don't care if you're an electrician or a plumber or a painter or a photographer or anything, a, a chef, if you're a, if you're a person who's, uh, who's honed a craft and you can't help the next guy down the line, uh, to, to try to be the next you or just be inspired by you. I mean, there's so many photographers that I was inspired by and continue to be, um, which is kind of how I'd like to wrap up our episode. And, and ask you that when you're doing your mastermind and you're talking to this plethora of other photographers, how do you feel that, what are you learning from them? Because mm. I, one of the reasons that I end up, I, oh, my whole career, I've always had a big studio. And I've always found that the synergy of one is not nearly as fun as the synergy of many. Yeah. Um, I, I, um, I, I've told a lot of people this. I don't mean it disrespectfully, but if you're a studio of one, shouting out to all the Visual Wild listeners and the the uh, Six Figure Photography Podcast listeners, if you're a studio of one, you have a common ailment from all your other friends and peers that might be a studio of one in that you suffer from an ailment called I only answer to myself disease. Mm-hmm. And if you if you get the call you talk to the customer, you book the client, you shoot the job, they pay. Your brain tells you you did a good job. And unfortunately, until you have somebody to vent to or to challenge or really get deeper into the conversation, you really don't know how well you've done. Mm-hmm. So when you're on your mastermind, how how do you feel you're learning or or some maybe even something where you know strikes your mind that you actually... Yeah. Wow, light bulb went off when you heard one of the young people say something to you. Well, that's actually the intent. It's kind of here's the irony. Here's maybe the, the here's the secret that no one knows. Um, <laughs> the 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 mastermind group isn't for them. It's for me. <laughs> this no, is I, dude, this I, is the I, secret. No secret. And, the, and the the videos that I put out every day aren't for them. I mean, don't get me wrong; they are for them, but they are equally for me. It, it is my opportunity to speak what I currently believe as messy as it is, as flawed as it is, as ignorant as it is. uh, I I just try to speak it and, and then look to be corrected. Look for where is this missing? What's resonating? um, What is the other perspective? Who's, you know, everyone's lived so many different perspectives, so many different lives. I've got my own version of it. And so what am I blind to, right? So I'm going to speak whatever it is that I think is true. And then I'm going to look for the feedback. I'm going to look for the signals and look for the signs and continue to use the community as a platform for me to just get stronger and stronger in 
two things. Number one is what I believe to be true, but also then in my ability to communicate what that is. Um, and so it's like, it's my own little playground <laughs> for all this testing. Um, and along the way, you know, it's, it, it's, um, it's beneficial for them too. <laughs> I'm not going to tell anybody who might be listening that that's what you said. I, 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 uh, I completely agree with you. I, I have an incredible corral in in our, in our team studio and, and I, I miss my family. Um, I'm sitting, uh, as I said to you in our, in our pre-conversation, um, I'm sitting in my studio, uh, chair that I've been in three or five times in seven months. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I'm looking around the empty desks around our office and I'm really sad. Uh, I sit across the, the table from my studio manager, Allison, um, who I just adore through and through. And she's a girl with a, a degree, fine art photography from a, a little school in New York and came to me as a studio assistant and now runs our studio and is our number one most booked photographer. Hmm. She just doesn't understand how much I learn from her every yeah. single day. I mean, I can certainly see my influence on her in mm-hmm. her photography, but you know, she's your age and, and she approaches things with such a great new vigor of life. And she follows a batrillion is batrillion. Do you, do sure, you know that good. term? I, I don't she know. Batrillion fo- sounds good. She follows a batrillion uh, people on Instagram. And like every other day she's sending me, Oh, check out this person and check out this person. And I'm like, yeah. and then we argue, well, the pictures are overprocessed or they're underprocessed. <laughs> but she challenges me every day to be a better photographer. I know yeah. that's not her intent, but it is absolutely what she does. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, as much as COVID has given me much time back with my immediate DNA family, it has really kept me away from um, the people that I truly love and respect that work in our company. And not to give Allison another shout out, but today is her birthday. And, uh, and I'm really looking forward to uh, to cooking her a very nice meal on my patio tomorrow night uh, with some of our other uh, studio mates that we haven't seen each other in months. Oh, that's awesome. It's really, it's really, it's tough. Allison, I keep in touch with, but uh, yeah. So, you know, we, we have to be influenced by those around us and I don't mean just younger or older, but, but just people with different influences, different styles of photography to, to be the great craftsmen that we can be and that we strive to be. And, and I think that as, as we mature in our photographic careers, we learn new definitions of where the bar is of craftsmen or the mm-hmm. level of our craft can take us uh, in our, in our profession. So Ben, uh, again, I would absolutely love to thank you for your time today. Um, I know you're running around like a crazy person. And the fact that you have twin three-year-olds that, that unto itself is like another full-time job. Um, I hope I get to meet that lovely family of yours sometime in the not too distant future. Um, I'd like to invite you back to the show when life gets back to normal and we can see if we can balance our studios and our podcasts. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, you're a rock star, man. I dig you. I dig you through and through. The Six Figure Photography podcast host, Ben Hartley. Check him out on Instagram. Check him out on Facebook. Ben, any final thoughts? No, man. Uh, Jack, this has been uh, this has been really enjoyable. Uh, yeah, just been super grateful right now. It's a great way to kind of send me down to the rest of the day. So really appreciate the opportunity to connect with you and anyone who's listening. So uh, I'm going to just give a shout out to my son, David, who uh, says, Dad, can you stop talking about gear <laughs> and so on the Friday podcast? So I just would like to go on the record, my son, uh, enjoying life uh, in Denver, Colorado. Uh, see David, I can talk to another photographer for almost 45 minutes and we didn't talk about 
Canon, Nikon, or anything else. We didn't talk about lenses. Nothing. Ha! <laughs> hey, Ben, thanks a lot for being a part of the show today. To the Visual Out community, we love you. We thank you for tuning in. I'm Jack Hartsman, your host, and we're out. Thanks for listening to Visual Wow. If you like what you heard, like us on Facebook, Twitter, and tell your friends. Go to visualwow.com for more info. If you didn't like what you heard, just keep it to yourself. Know a pro we should be talking to on the show? Drop us a line. Talk with you next time on Visual Wow.